look forward to retirement and avoid the pitfalls. Keep listening for ways to maximize your retirement income. More Than Money with the Popowich Carmelli Advisory Group, CIBC Woodgundy, on News Talk 770. Welcome back. You're here with Dave and Faisal on News Talk 770 and More Than Money. One of the big concerns, um, Faisal, that, that we talk about in the legacy bucket piece of our conversation with clients is um, what sensitivity, what concerns do you have that as you transition your wealth, that it may actually end up in the hands of somebody that you didn't intend, oh, right? You're so nice, Dave. Just let's just tell people what we hear in our <laughs> meetings. Dave, I don't want my kids, a spouse, getting this money in case they split up. Oh, just okay. come out and say it. Well, I don't want the wrong person getting my money. I work so hard for this. I'll take care of my child, but I ain't take care of that 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 one in law that I don't that's like. That's the language we can't use. <laughs> this is public radio. Okay. Just come out and say it, my friend. <laughs> okay. Let's be direct and honest sure. here. It is right. It, people are concerned about that. I've worked my whole life. I want my family to get what's left over. I don't necessarily want that uh, going to going to an ex spouse or something like that. So. Let's figure out how we can do that. I, I think that's an important, uh, an important piece of the legacy conversation uh, and to help us understand uh, some of the uh, processes, rules, remedies that you can use to, uh, to protect your wealth upon transition. We've got Catherine Zhang with us uh, today, associate at Walsh LLP and a regular contributor to the show. Catherine, welcome back. Hi. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, so let's get down to business. Faisal's in a very direct mood today. Can I just ask it then? Can yeah, I just say no, it? Oh, yeah, just hit her with it. I think, I think the legal profession likes when I'm direct versus tiptoeing yeah. around the, the, the issue, right? So, All right, Faisal Trump, lay it on the line. <laughs> so, Catherine, what, what is the danger of passing on your state to your kids, particularly when it comes to their spouses? Well, I think you hit the hit it on the nose is once you pass down your wealth and you relinquish control of those assets, um, those assets really end up in your kids' hands and it's up to them to determine or um, figure out or have things happen to them um, in terms of what happens to those assets. So uh, one of the dangers you guys have already highlighted is that wealth gets transferred to your kids, uh, your kids are in a relationship, they end up breaking up, and all of a sudden, um, the inheritance that you've passed down is subject to division in matrimonial property. Um, th you know, now that's not the default position, um, but I think that's the fear uh, that's out there. And uh, as practitioners, we, we really say that the key to um, finding out what your rights and remedies are is the education piece. So having the conversation not only with the parents who are passing the gift down, but also with the kids who are ultimately going to be receiving that gift um, and educating them as to, uh, you know, the legal ins and outs of how to protect their inheritance. Protect the inheritance. Okay. Mm -hmm. So there's a What's scenario. the look on the face? Oh, no, no. I, I, this is when you wish you had a video of you right now because yeah, your face looks like <laughs> it's all thinking. It. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Uh, uh, here's a question I've had uh, recently um, and probably a fairly common situation. So let's say, um, and I, I don't know if you're able to comment on this or not, Catherine, but uh, I want a gift to my, my kids in my lifetime. And in particular, uh, parents are doing this to help with a house. Right. Okay, so... I gift some money to my kids uh, or to one of my children. They use it. They put it in, into a house, which may be a matrimonial um, asset yeah. uh, at some point. How can somebody, if at all, protect against that, that gift uh, in the event of a marriage breakdown? 
Yeah, there's a couple ways of going about it. Um, I think the biggest, again, is the education piece. Um, you know, there is suggestion out there of, of, okay, let's put a promissory note together or let's have um, a paper together, a paper trail showing that, well, in fact, what mom and dad are giving you um, is a loan. And in the event that we want to call the loan back yeah. um, or that loan is payable over a certain period of time, uh, then the argument is, well, that might be protected um, in a matrimonial setting. Uh, I mean, there's a couple of extra considerations that we'd normally encourage clients to think about. Uh, the first one, obviously, is, well, what are the terms of, for example, the mortgage that the kids are signing? So mm -hmm. if they're, if you're assisting with a down payment, but they're not being, uh, or sorry, they're being funded with the rest of the money from a lender, there's probably conditions attached to that. And a common one we find is, well, the money that you've used already to put a down payment is is a gift or not it's alone, yours yeah. alone and it's right. not repayable. Uh, and so automatically putting a promissory note in place may or may not put that child offside. Uh, and so when um, parents are considering doing that type of gift, we absolutely say, look, in the event that you end up getting into a relationship uh, down the road, or if you're already in a relationship and the intention for the both of you is to benefit from that, why don't the two of you come into an agreement, um, either a cohab agreement, a prenuptial agreement, some form of um, written document between the two of you that outlines if there is a breakdown in this relationship, um, what is to happen to that equity that we've funded you with? Is there an understanding that, um, you know, the ex has to pay half of it back because there's half of the equity? Is there an understanding that, well, that house is not going to be claimed because it's really intended for one of the kids and not the um, significant other? Those are that's the type of discussion I would have clients um, think about and, mm -hmm. and, and talk about. So, Catherine, there's, that, that happens yeah. when you're gifting uh, during your lifetime. Mm -hmm. um, right. Some people want to, and I, and I hate saying it this way, control the money from the grave. And yeah. so when they pass away, their concern is um, child receives the money and then mm -hmm. puts it on the home or buys property that's in joint name with, ex, with spouse. Right. And then that spouse becomes ex-spouse and then they lose half the money. So the intent of all this money is now being divided, potentially divided by two. This could also be in the same case as I'm worried that my child has a business. And if that business goes belly up um, right. and creditors go after it, how do you protect in that situation when it goes from, from um, parent to child, but you want to protect uh, in the event of a matrimonial breakdown or uh, or a a creditor a creditor situation. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, there's a couple ways to go about it. One, obviously, is a discussion around trusts and whether or not putting money into uh, a trust is uh, the most beneficial way to go um, in the sense that you can name who the beneficiaries of that trust property are. Um, and you can, by way of naming beneficiaries, you can also ex exclude certain individuals. Um, the other thing, though, if you're considering the trust route um, is, well, who then are going to be the trust? You can't have the exact same people as trustees and beneficiaries that um, puts you offside um, and defeats the purpose of a trust, right? Mm -hmm. Because there is going to be somebody who uh, needs to hold the purse strings as a fiduciary mm -hmm. for other beneficiaries. Um, I mean, the other way to go, too, is as 
uh, we I've previously mentioned is really an education piece for the kids. Um, in Alberta, at least, um, as far as I'm aware, inheritances are um, by default excluded from division of matrimonial property. They only come back into the equation um, when that specific child takes the inheritance and starts intermingling um, the inheritance with matrimonial property assets. So um, theoretically, if the child does receive a chunk of inheritance, keeps it in a separate bank account, um, and then only withdraws money, you know, throughout certain periods of its life, that money is traceable. And so while an increase in value might be subject to division, the the lump sum isn't. Uh, that being said, if that child ends up using it and put, putting it all towards a mortgage, for example, or a line of credit, then arguably they've lost that exemption or at least half of that exemption. Catherine, I think all you've, uh, well, you've certainly managed to uh, enlighten us and you've certainly, I think, uh, left us with the idea that this stuff is uh, reasonably complex that needs to be thought through and planned for. Uh, yeah. And on that particular point, um, we're going to have to leave it there because we don't have enough time to go into all the details of that. But I want, I want to thank you for outlining uh, some of the general strategies and things people need to think about as, they, uh, as they're trying to protect themselves. In the event that somebody wants to pursue this conversation further and needs to get a hold of you, what's the easiest way to do that? Uh, you can definitely contact me. My number is 403 No, that's not right. 267-8436. Um, or you can contact me via email. My information is on the website, walshlaw.ca. That's great. Catherine, thanks for joining us again. Yeah. All right. Thanks very much, guys. It's Catherine Zhang, associate at Walsh LLP. Um, I, I can't stress it enough, right? This, uh, if, if you have acquired wealth, you have also acquired complexity. And there's some things you need to think through, and there's some planning that needs to be done. And we're going to talk about that very topic of planning in all its facets um, and trying to get, a, you know, to pull everything together with a nice That's big right. shiny bow at the bottom <laughs> at our upcoming seminar. You make it sound so good. Uh, the bow is possibly possible, but requires a lot of planning, a lot of strategy, and a lot of execution. So we're going to talk about all the different steps it takes to make sure that your retirement is, is bulletproof, but also that you pass on your assets to the people that you choose on Tuesday, September 26, 7 p.m. at the Crowfoot Co-op Wine and Spirits. Now you need to reserve your seat, so give us a call, 966-8400, 966-8400, or you can register online at morethanmoneyradio.com. So stay tuned after the break as we find out how health policymakers see virtual medical help it's on News Talk 770 and More Than Money. David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli are portfolio managers and investment advisors with CIBC Woodgundy in Calgary. The views of David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli do not necessarily reflect those of CIBC World Markets, Inc. Clients are advised to seek advice regarding their particular circumstances from their personal tax and legal advisors. If you are currently a CIBC Woodgundy client, please contact your investment advisor. CIBC Woodgundy is a division of CIBC World Markets, Inc., a subsidiary of CIBC and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada.